0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate.
1: Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. So glad you're joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning. I'm Jason Laidler, here with the world-famous Ted Walsh, and as usual. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and how are you? I'm very well. Also, thank you. We've got a jam-packed show uh including a jam packed opening segment. Let's jump in, shall we? Hmm. What do we have today? What what's the special day? The specialty of the day <laughs> The or special the special day? day of the day. Well, interestingly there's no food item to talk about today. But we've got some other stuff to talk about. Let me see what we got. Uh in no particular order. You're a cat guy. You got a cat, right? Yeah,
2: I got a cat. Yeah.
1: Um uh, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm a cat guy. I don't hate them, but it's, it's just you know, I think you're a dog person or a cat person. I like both. Yeah, me too. It's National Kitten Day. So they're they're pretty cute. You can't
2: argue with that. And this morning, as I'm lying in bed, uh, suddenly it's like quarter to seven, and I hear the, the cat's at my door, meowing at my door, mm-hmm. which means he wants out. Yep. So I let him, in, he comes in and starts scratching on, on the carpet by my bed, and then he kind of stopped and started like washing himself. And I thought, okay, maybe he's just going to take a nap. So I kind of closed my eyes again. And suddenly, poof! He jumped (laughs) on my chest, scared the hell out of me. Mm. (laughs) Needed some attention, and he hasn't done that since. Interesting, you say that the last time he did that was the first day that we got him. We got him as a stray, yeah, when he was a kitten, yeah. And he had not done that in like two years. You stole him, right? We didn't steal him. He just wandered our house, skinny. You could count his ribs, and oh, yeah.
1: And we took him in, and he's taken over. Now he, now he loves it. All right. It's also. Pick Blueberries Day. Do you like blueberries, Ted? I, I guess, you know, silly me. I didn't think to bring in uh, blueberries for Blueberry Day. Mm. So it could have been a, we could have had a food. And I love, I love blueberries. Mm-hmm. And Expensive. Maybe everything is these days. And I think someone, I think I heard someone say that it's a, they're a superfood. Yeah. They're really good for you, right? They are a superfood. They're a good snack. I did a little bit of research on blueberries because I was curious to see how Canada, you know, scores. Big time. Big time is right, British Columbia, British. Okay, I'll just read this little clip here. Canadian production of wild and cultivated blueberries was uh, one hundred sixty six thousand tons, valued at two hundred and sixty two million dollars. The largest. This is the part I was getting at. The largest fruit crop produced nationally. Are you kidding? The largest fruit crop in Canada is blueberries. Twenty nine percent of all fruit value. Who knew? Uh, To your point, B.C. was the largest Canadian producer of cultivated blueberries, and Atlantic Canada contributes approximately half the total North American annual production. Nova Scotia recognizes the wild blueberry as its official provincial berry. Shout out to Nova Scotia. Love Nova Scotia. Mm. Not sure if they're listening to us this morning. With the town of Oxford, Nova Scotia, known as the wild blueberry capital of Canada. Don't think I've been to Oxford, but maybe I'll go. For some blueberries. Mm-hmm. What else we got here? Don't
2: step on a bee day. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Don't step on a bee day. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly why you would need to remind people not to do that. <laughs> and interestingly enough, yesterday a big fat bumblebee <laughs> flying around in my kitchen. Oh no! And I didn't want to kill him, right? Because they're really pretty. And, and they, Your cat must have gone crazy. Uh, the cat was in the other room, so I just I grabbed a paper towel. Scooped the bumblebee in the paper towel. Opened up the sliding door. Threw. Him, opened the door and he flew away. You know, I they don't pollinate think... pollinate somewhere else.
1: I don't think I you think have to. Uh, I don't think they do pollinate. Um, I could be wrong, but you know, when you call, every, everyone calls a bumblebee fat, but it's kind of like redundant because just thinking of a bumblebee, you think of a fat flying insect, right? Well, there's uh, there's some that have that, that have taken on a different diet now. You think so? <laughs> Okay, bumblebees. Okay, I'll try not to step on a bumblebee today. And finally. Not finally. We're almost done. What am I missing here? Well, it's also National Pina Colada Day. Right. Were you going to say that? Yes. Okay, so let's talk about that. Do you like pina coladas? I do. Well, that's good because I brought you one. I see. Isn't it, Wasn't that thoughtful of me? Yeah, very much so. And um, go ahead. I mean, it's early, but it's kind of like a fruit beverage anyway, isn't it? It's. It could be hard burdened. Listen to this. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure that got uh, heard over the airwaves. You know, my favorite. uh <laughs> What? Well, you don't. You don't like that? It's a little warm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot my cooler full of ice. Yeah. Pina colada on a nice uh, beach in Costa Rica. Little umbrella in it. Why the umbrella? I don't know. That's a tropical drink thing, isn't it? What are you, shading the drink? Is that what it is? I don't know. I didn't make it up. I just remember seeing little umbrellas. Yeah, I know. I understand. I guess it's it's decorative, maybe. I guess. Okay, so, fine. Enjoy your warm pina colada, even though you're not on a beach in Costa Rica. But uh, lastly, we got to get to this, because this was just, just... I thought this was just bizarre. Uh, with respect to um, the linguistic academics out there in Zoomerland, Clara Hugh Day... I don't know if I'm even saying that right. Clarihue, C L E R I H E W, Clarihue Day. You ever heard of it, Ted? Nope. So it is named after a person, Edmund Clarihue Bentley. And I'm just going to read this quick uh, description. A Clarihue, and I had no idea what it was until I read this. A Clarihue is a whimsical four line biographical poem of a type invented by the Edmund Clarehue Bentley gentleman. The first line is the name of the poem's subject, usually a famous person, and the remainder puts the subject in an absurd light <laughs> or reveals something unknown or spurious about the subject. The rhyme scheme is A-A-B-B, and the rhymes are often forced. The line, length, and meter are irregular. Bentley invented the Clarehue in school and then popularized it in books. One of the best known is this from 1905, And I'm going to read this little short poem. It says, it reads, Sir Christopher Wren said, I'm going to dine with some men. If anyone calls, say I'm designing St. Paul's. You ever heard that before? No, and I can't say that I missed it. Okay, okay. So that's fine. Uh, I'd never heard it before either. But I just thought it was kind of interesting, and I was hoping maybe uh, some of our listeners might also find it interesting, especially if you're an English major or something like that. I don't even know who Christopher Wren is. Do you know who Christopher Wren is? No, I don't. Okay, but, but listen, what you don't know is I wrote, I took a stab at it, and I wrote one for you. And I'm going to share it with oh. you right now, <laughs> 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 and and listeners, uh, you know, this did not come up in our pre. Kelly's laughing. I know. Have you, heard, have you heard this already? No, Kelly? she hasn't. I haven't shared it with all anybody right. yet. Right. And I was telling, uh, I was saying to Kelly before the show that just, okay. you know, reminding me, this did not come up in the pre-show planning meeting no. that uh, we normally have uh, early, early in the mornings uh, in preparation, right, for this uh, show every Sunday. Sometimes, sometimes starts on Saturday night, goes all all night. <laughs> okay, here we go. You ready for uh, my stab at uh, a Clear you poem? Mm-hmm. In, uh, remember, it starts with a, a famous person, so I thought, who better? Here we go. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this without laughing. I'm sitting with my friend Ted, who would rather still be in bed. But he's here on the show, and so onward we must go. Excellent. Ta-da! Excellent. That's
3: <laughs> That's bordering on brilliant.
1: <laughs> okay. Having
2: said that, I
3: great job. I <laughs> Thank have you.
2: No idea what he was going to say there. I know. He was <laughs> nervous. Ted was kind looking very nervous for a second. I, he was very scared. All right. So we'll take a break when we come back I'm back to reality, uh if there's such such a thing even exists on this program anymore. Thanks for
0: being with us. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this.
3: Avoid problems
0: you didn't know you had. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid all that red tape. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid high fees.
3: Avoidprobate.ca Avoid a long wait. Avoidprobate.ca
1: Avoid expensive fines.
3: Avoid probate.ca. Avoid uncertainty. Avoid probate.ca.
0: Don't wait. Avoid probate.ca. Okay, let's head
2: down to. Kensington Market, 190 Baldwin, and that's where you'll find Tom's Place. Tom Hall. good afternoon to you, sir.
3: Good afternoon, Ted, and I would like to tell you, happy birthday, suit sale to me. And I
2: was told this, that, that, I mean, it's July the 10th, and it's the birthday suit sale, but the birthday suit sale began June 1st.
3: Teddy, you're not keeping account of this. You're not a bean counter. No, I'm not. You're not an accountant.
2: No, I'm not an Who accountant.
3: Who cares? June, July, August, birth let my people show up. Whenever the sale ends, that's when the sale ends. So we still have one more week. And these are the greatest, greatest prices that the customers have ever seen on new merchandise. So that's why when the birthday celebration is on at Tom's Place, it's the best possible prices. So please remember, happy birthday, suit sale to me, ends on June the 18th, and that said, no more finito capito italiano paisano, niente lavorare, niente mangiare. That said, finito.
2: That'd be July 18th, but I got the point. Tom's Place, 190 Baldwin, the heart of Kensington Market. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember Insert your name. And we're heartbroken because Insert your name. did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of Insert your name. have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoid probate.ca this is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca.
2: And once again, welcome back to the program. It is the Avoid Probate Show with Jason Laidler. I'm Ted Walshen, And just a reminder, the information provided in this program is for general consumption only, not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice because, of course, every situation is different. So if you have legal or investment questions, we can help you because we've got the people to do that. You can speak with a, a licensed expert by contacting Jason at info at avoidprobate.ca or toll free 1 844 667 7628. That's 1 844 667 7628. And the email again is info
1: at avoidprobate.ca. Thanks, Ted. Okay, so let's jump in and talk about some probate stuff here. One of the most common questions and issues that uh, we see when we're talking to people about avoiding probate, you know, avoiding probate on the investment stuff, I don't want to say it's easy, but it is the easy part just doing the transfer, facilitating the transfer from the bank over the insurance company. And you you do need a licensed advisor to do that transfer process for you and do the paperwork for you. You can't do it yourself. You don't want to do it yourself. Your lawyer can't do it. Your accountant can't do it. We can do it, and we do do it. And uh, if you're under the age of 85, we do it at no charge to you and uh, move the money. Create a portfolio that everyone's comfortable with. Put beneficiaries on it. That avoids the probate. There's other benefits as well. There's other guarantees. I might get to the 100% death benefit guarantee before we're done today, but but right now I want to jump in and talk about the fact that, you know, the house, the, the property, the house, so many people ask the question, what about, should I put my kid on uh, the title of the house? And of course, when I say kid, I'm talking about an adult, you know, or kids, plural, which is worse. Just so many potential problems with adding joint owners to the principal residence. So let's talk about that uh, for the next few minutes I've got two articles I'm going to reference here just to you know lay the groundwork here for the next few minutes. Uh, one article is titled Capital Gains Taxes and More: The Implications of Inheriting Real Estate. And uh, we'll probably touch on that one first. The next one's called The Tax Implications of Owning Multiple Properties During So of course, you know we, we, we want to tie everything into probate. It is the Avoid Probate Show. And we're glad you're here joining us this morning. Hopefully, you're going to learn something about uh, probate and how to avoid it. So both of these articles, which is interesting, I thought, were written by an individual by the name of Jason Heath. Credit uh, to Jason Heath. He, he's prolific writing in the industry. I see his stuff all the time. So um, kudos to Jason for writing these articles. Great name he's got, by the way. Uh, Capital gains, the first one, capital gain taxes, and more, the implications of inheriting real estate, starts with a question that says, I've been reading a a, a lot of articles on how taxation works for inherited property. My mom's been asking me to look into this. I'm so confused from what I've read. The government treats it as if the deceased sold the property the day before they died. I understand there is probate tax to pay, but what else? And they provide a hypothetical situation that says, let's assume... They paid $200,000 for the home and is now worth about 800000 uh, Eight hundred thousand, for this example. What would be due? Is there an estate tax? Also, would my brother and I have to pay income tax if we sold it? Would it be better to rent it out? Is there any way to lower the taxation? Okay, so the article starts off with a subtitle that says, Is there tax on an inheritance in Canada? And the short answer to that is no. And so many people are confused about this because... There is an inheritance tax in the US, but there's no real inheritance tax in Canada. When I say real, there is probate, a probate fee, which I call a tax, I call it a death tax. It's um, it's, not, it's, But it's not uh, federal. So because it's provincial, uh, it is confusing for people, but the, it goes on to say that w- when a Canadian resident dies, they have what's called a deemed disposition. Deemed disposition is the term of their assets. It's as if the person sold them on their day to death, and this can trigger uh, payable taxes. And that's how it works in Canada, and I explain this to people all the time. The government pretends that uh, on July 10th, you know, if this is the day you pass away and meet your maker, the government pretends this morning you sold everything you own before you passed away, and and therefore it all, if it comes into income, and often it does, it's taxed as if it was income. If you sold, if you sold, if you have a RIF, remember the RIF is the uh, RSP after after the age of seventy one, and uh, there can be some money in the RIF. It's not taxable unless you make a withdrawal from the RIF. Every dollar that comes out of the RSP or the RIF is treated as a dollar of income, and in Canada we pay tax based on our income. So if your RIF is uh, let's just say two hundred thousand bucks, it's like you just earned. Two hundred thousand bucks, and you pay tax accordingly on two hundred thousand dollars. And and the way you know we have graduated tax rates in Canada, and it's just a simple like graph. Uh, you know, income two hundred grand go down the line, tax rate equals well, it's plus fifty percent marginal. The top marginal tax rate in Canada, it's actually a little higher than fifty percent, but let's just say fifty percent for easy math. So the tax is a hundred thousand bucks on two hundred thousand of riff income. And if there's other income to add to it, then so be it. But that's 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 how it works, people, and uh, that's why that's why there are things called riff meltdown strategies and things like that. Because when people find out when we tell them, um, you know, the tax bill on your riff could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, they're like, "What? That's crazy! What can I do to avoid it?" You know, there are there are solutions. Uh, sometimes life insurance plays a role. Sometimes this thing called the RIF meltdown strategy, if you want more information on the RIF meltdown strategy, give us a call. So it goes on to say, you know, not everything is taxable. Some assets are not subject to income tax upon death. Uh, if if it's stuff that tax has been paid up on it already, then that's not a problem. For an RSP or RIF, you know, it depends on the beneficiary designation for the account or, or the terms of the deceased will. If a spouse receives the proceeds of the registered account, it may remain tax deferred. And I've said that before on the show here, the probate problem really isn't a problem on the first death. It can be, uh, but not usually. It's really a concern for the second passing. Like when there's husband and wife, the government doesn't penalize you so much because you lost your spouse. They don't force you to pay taxes because you lost your spouse. But on your passing, on the second passing, well that's a different story. It goes on to say, this, this subtitle is interesting. It, it says, probate fees are not taxes. And I disagree with that. That's what he's got here as a subtitle in his article. And it says, in order for assets to be distributed by an executor using the, the deceased will, there will generally be provincial probate fees or state administration tax payable. Remember, we've talked about this as well, the state administration tax, the eat. Mm-hmm. EAT that you you like to giggle at whenever we say eat. This is not an income tax or part of the deceased's final tax return. That's true. It's not income tax because it's provincial. An income tax is a federal matter. So they're completely different and completely unrelated to each other, by the way. People will often say to me, okay, Jason, uh, that's great. So you've helped me avoid the probate tax. Does that mean that I, I don't have to pay capital gains? I'm like, no, 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 no. We, let's let's mm-hmm. back up here and explain how it works. They're completely unrelated to each other. They're both taxes. Well, in my mind, they're both taxes. So he says it's not, it's not a tax. He, he refers to it as a separate legal process and resulting cost. The provincial fees payable vary by province. Yeah, well, I think that's semantics. You know, it's a separate legal process. Yeah, okay. And resulting cost. Well, the cost, in my mind, is a tax because the amount, the size of the cost depends on the size of the estate. And the the bigger the estate, the more money you got to pay to the Minister of Finance in Ontario and most other provinces and territories. The rate's not the same across the country, but the idea is the same. It's a tax grab and there are ways to avoid it. And that's what we're trying to help uh, people understand and educate them with. Real quick, is there a tax on inherited real estate? You know, in the case of real estate, it's it's that deemed disposition I talked about, and therefore it may or may not be there may be tax to pay depending uh, if it's your principal residence or not. We've talked about the principal residence exemption for qualifying property. Uh, most people only own one home. I get it. There's exceptions. Some people have a home and a cottage, but if it's just if it's just the one home, it's pretty straightforward It's your principal residence. And so far, mm. it's tax. Exempt. So the best thing
2: to do, in my opinion, would be, and tell me if I'm wrong, if you own a house uh, and suddenly your Uncle George dies and Uncle George leaves you with a, with a house, uh, you sell your house because you're not taxed on it, move into the house that Uncle George gave you, which now becomes your principal uh, residence, mm-hmm. you live there for whatever period of time is deemed suitable,
1: and then sell that and don't get taxed on that either. Right. You can have multiple homes, like, in succession, and most people do. Not everyone yeah. lives their whole life in one house, no. right? Right. So, But assuming that you only have the one... But I'm saying if you're going to do that, because this way you've, you've
2: now got money from both houses, so you can now buy a, a, a better place, as, as opposed to saying, well, why don't we just sell uh, Uncle George's house? Because if you sell Uncle George's house, you're going to get taxed
1: up to Wazoo, right? Um, no, not exactly, because if if Uncle George's house was his principal residence... Then it's also tax free. Do you know what I mean? But it's been given to you. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. That's what i to saying. It's been willed to you. I, okay, but here's the. I'm so glad you said that because that speaks to the next section here before we wrap up and uh, with this article and go to our next break. It says, remember, there was a question about um, in the in the beginning about uh, the bro- the brother. It says if if you and your brother inherit your mother's home from her, there could be tax implications for you because if you both. Inherit the house. You'll both have your. You will both have your own tax implications for your respective share, independent of each other. If either of you is living with her when she dies, or one of you moves in to live in the house subsequently, the property may qualify as your principal resident, residence. But assuming that's not the case, if the property is subsequently sold, Uncle, your Uncle Ted or Joe or whatever you said there, if the property is subsequently sold for more than the value at the time of her death. That will result in a capital gain, since you can deduct selling costs like real estate commissions. If the property rises only slightly in value, these costs may wipe out any tax. If you hold the property for a long time after your mother's death, that increases the chance of a capital gain and the associated tax payable. So, to your point, Ted, and to answer your question, you know, if Uncle Joe dies, his house is tax. Free based on the value on his date of death because it's his principal residence. But if it takes six months to sell it, and it goes up in value in that six month period of time, which presumably it would, well, that difference, that increase in value from the date of death to the date of sale six months later, that is taxable. So it's it's possible that you can sell, you can you can inherit the house tax free if it was mom's. Or Uncle Joe's principal residence, you can do that. If it takes you two years to sell, it, or if you some people sit on it, I mean they sit for years and years. they might live in it for a little while. They might rent it out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean those are all options. But you know that's that's how it works. Okay, so let's uh, leave it at that for now. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back. I want to touch. I want to you know touch on this topic of uh, real estate a little bit more. We'll reference the other article right after this quick break.
0: Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this.
3: My name is Marilyn and I avoided probate. Our story begins when Marilyn paid a visit to her mom's bank. She noticed something odd. She had 100% of her money tied up in GICs, making 1%. It wasn't enough to sustain her. She was dipping into her capital big time. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs as she ages. She had acquired power of attorney. No, you can't do anything with her accounts. They're in her name. And that was that. I was overwhelmed by everything. I didn't know what to do. That's when Jason from avoidprobate.ca stepped in.
1: There was a sense of urgency because Marilyn's mother is no spring chicken. This process takes time and I didn't know how much time we had.
3: He walked me through what I should do when I went to the bank what I should say to them. Not only that, Jason went with Marilyn to the bank.
1: They weren't happy that I was sitting across the table from them in the office and they knew that we were trying to move this money. But I knew that we had a right to do that and it was the right thing to do. Persistence paid off and we got the transfer done in time. So many seniors have these GICs at the bank. They will be probated. They will be frozen. They're paying next to nothing. And they're locked in with maturity dates. It drives me crazy. I don't understand why anybody buys these things. There are much better options out there. And sometimes we can do this transfer at no cost to the account holder.
3: Should you get in touch with avoidprobate.ca?
1: Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca because by definition, you can't put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at the bank. You can put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at an insurance company. The rules are different. I
3: felt that the banks thought I was a thief, but Jason made me feel so much better. I know we've done the right thing.
1: Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number. But call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you.
3: Have the conversation with your parents and avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628.
0: This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. You are listening to the Avoid Probate
2: Show with Ted Wallachin and Jason Ladler. And you can contact Jason at info at avoidprobate.ca. Toll free. You can call 1 844 667 7628. That's 1 844 667 7628. And we invite you to uh, visit the website www.avoidprobate.ca. There's a free probate calculator. You can play with that and see roughly how much probate might be payable on your family's estate. And there's also a button for anyone who missed the show. or wants to hear a show back again, click the Listen to the Show button, and you can access all of the previous programs via podcasts.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ted. Okay, so keeping uh, you know the, the theme here, probate, how it affects... Uh, properties or real estate and your principal residence and other properties, including the cottage, things like that. Common question, you know, should I I add somebody to the title to avoid probate? Uh, I say no. The short answer is no. Uh, There's exceptions to every rule. Every situation is different. You need to get, uh, you know, advice based on your particular situation. But as a rule of thumb, I say no because I don't want you to sacrifice uh, or jeopardize the principal residence exemption which means the proceeds from the sale of the house are tax-free, and that's a beautiful thing, especially if you've got a home in the GTA, which has gone up like crazy in value the last couple of decades, I guess, really. Yeah, that's that's a big tax-free gain, and in this country, there are very few ways to earn tax-free gains. Uh, there's only two that I know of, the TFSA, the Tax-Free Savings Account, which is limited, of course, and that's why it's limited. It's limited because you know the government gets criticized for taking it easy on the wealthy and so any tax saving measures that benefit the rich I'll say rich they get criticism for that right the rich get richer and the government gets criticized for enabling you know the rich to get richer when other people are struggling to make make ends meet so the TFSA you know has a limit on it so that a rich a rich person can't put a million bucks Into the TFSA and double their money over you know three four five years and have a million dollars of tax free growth. So I mentioned earlier, it's six thousand bucks at the moment. I mean, it helps. I guess it helps. It adds up. It's I think the the max this year is eighty one thousand five hundred. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's what the max is. If you haven't contributed yet in in any way in any year since it was introduced the other article I wanted to touch on here is is called The Tax Implications of Owning Multiple Properties During Probate. It is the Avoid Probate Show, so we want to talk about all things relating to probate and uh, explain some of the the mystery here. Um, The person writes in again it starts with a question. uh, Well, the subtitle says, When a spouse passes away, what are the tax, probate, and mortgage implications for multiple properties? And I did have a meeting recently with uh, a gentleman in the West End, who I think he said he has seven rental properties. Basically, owns uh, half of Main Street or something like that. And there's children. I forget how many, multiple children. And we, we you know, we talked about it. And that one kid wants this property when when he's gone. One kid wants this property when he's gone. And I just proposed it to to the gentleman. You know, maybe it's just easier to sell it all today and just divvy up the cash because there's going to be there's, there will be capital gains on these properties. They're rental properties. They're not principal residences, right? You only get tax exemption on your principal residence, and you can only have one yeah. per couple. And I'm going to take a chance, and I think it was 1991. It was either 91 or 81. 81, sorry. I think it was 1981 when the rules changed, making it only one principal residence per married couple or common law, I guess. I, think it, I don't think it matters if you're common law or not. I'm to have to check that. Determining fair market value and capital gains. You know, when someone dies, they're generally, like I said before, they're generally deemed to have sold everything that they own. And this includes capital assets like real estate, stocks, other investments that may rise in value over time. The fair market value, that means the value today, fair market value of these stocks, mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, it's easy to determine. The value of real estate, though, May require some assistance, like an appraiser, evaluator, that kind of thing. Any assets held jointly with a spouse or left to a spouse by the estate of the deceased can be transferred at their adjusted cost base uh, rather than uh, the fair market value. That's called the ACB. It just means you don't have to worry about the tax. Like I said before, when the, on the on the first death of a, when your spouse passes away, the government doesn't punish you by taxing you on the gain at that time. You can just simply do the transfer in in the case of this article it's it sounds like there's no capital gains anyway because the properties hadn't gone up in value, so if there's no gain to worry about, you don't have to worry about the tax deciding which property for principal res- to declare as your principal residence this is a common question, and you mentioned this earlier ted uh in the show something about uh staying in Uncle Joe's house long enough to you know have it qualify as your principal residence mm-hmm. right. So there's a bit of a an a myth, a uh, urban myth out there that there you know have to be there for a year or something like that. It's not true. I mean, it's just you have the choice if you own it, you can make it your principal residence. The the wording in the legislature says just that you have to inhabit it on a regular basis. And that could be uh if you're if you're a snowbird, it could be just, you know, summertime, wintertime, once a month, whatever it is. But the fact, the fact of the matter is nobody knows. There's no record of your occupancy. Mm-hmm. So nobody really cares. I mean, the fact is just if you own it, you can declare it your principal residence. That, that goes for a trailer as well. It doesn't even have to be like a brick and mortar, you know, wooden structure. It, you can People live in trailers. So if that's your principal residence, so be it. And that counts. Uh, the cottage can be the principal residence. Anything, anything that you can inhabit on a on a on a regular basis. Right. Okay, so deciding which one you declare, well that's a that's a tax question that is good for the accountant because you want to declare the one that results in the least amount of tax owing for you. And we've talked about this before where some people just sell the condo and retire to the cottage and it could be the it could be vice versa. But whatever, you know, one of them could be worth a lot more. One of them could have a much bigger gain much more taxable gain that results in a much bigger tax bill, and just because you don't want to pay the tax today doesn't mean you're saving the most tax possible. It's kind of complicated. Talk to an accountant or call us if you want more information on this, but you have to do the math on it and find out which property has the bigger gain because it might be worth it. What I'm trying to say is it might be worth it to pay the tax today. Nobody wants to do that, but you could pay the tax today and still pay like half or or, or much less than you would pay. On the other property, depending on which one has the bigger gain, uh, the last thing I want to say is with regard to this article probate there's a subtitle here probate for joint ownership with a spouse in terms of probate, you may only need to apply for probate for the assets in your husband's name alone or or wife depending you know not jointly held with you uh, and did not have a name beneficiary or successor well name beneficiary or successor is what we're all about here on the avoid probate show because we are changing that we are putting beneficiaries on these assets. Uh, you can't do it at the bank. you gotta, you got to let us trans- do the transfer for you over the insurance company. That's where we can put the beneficiary on the account. That avoids the probate. And it goes on to say this may include um, vacation property as well as other assets like, for example, a bank account in his name alone. So we have seen, we we're seeing stories and situations where Grandpa passes away. Grandma and Grandpa have been in the same house for a million years, but grandma was never on the title. So technically it's grandpa's house and he passes away and it's got to be probated. And the family goes berserk because they're like, what are you talking about? Like my mom and dad have lived in this house together for 45 years. And now all of a sudden the the province wants my mom to pay $18,000 in probate fees (laughs) because she wasn't on title. And, and this, this happens. It's unfortunate, but, and, and there's not, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about it which is unfortunate as well. Maybe the province should think about making exceptions in, in, in these cases. And by the way, speaking of the province, I yeah. want to throw this in. Weeks and weeks and weeks ago, just, it just occurred to me, I talked about calling the Attorney General's office. Mm-hmm. And remember I played the little clip of the uh, answering yep. voice yeah, saying we're closed or we're working yep. from home kind of thing? The Attorney General's office of Ontario. And I hope they're listening because what I didn't, I didn't play the whole thing. And it did say you can leave a message or email us. And we'll get back to you. So I left a message. I've lost track. It's at least four weeks, at least. And of course, nobody's got back to me. So yeah, if uh, the attorney general is was there, a to... new attorney general now, do you get since the cabinet. Well, show? that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that today, but I would assume there is. But so what? There's uh, what you call staffers, right? The ones uh, who really run the place. Uh, exactly. Typically, so probably the people who return the phone calls are not. Elected or appointed, right? They're in the office. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you're listening, um, please call Jason Layler. Return Jason Layler's phone call. I still don't have the answer to the question. The question was with regard to um, excess probate fees that were paid by accident, and what's required? What's the process for recovering um, excess probate fees? Because it has to happen. We know what happens. There's no way. There's no way everyone pays the exact correct amount the first time. Remember, the probate fees got to get paid up front. And then you get to, you know, do your sleuthing. Debbie Stanley was uh, our guest a few weeks ago, and she, yep. was, ta- she was talking about, you know, you become, when you're an executive, you become like a, a PI because it's all this, like, digging up stuff, digging up information you got to find to uh, settle the estate properly. Yep. Okay, uh, Ted, I think we're going to leave it at that for today. That's a lot of stuff to chew on. Uh, we do want to um, get to the mailbag, and we'll do that right after we get uh, through this next quick break. But... Once again, this is the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Jason Laidler here with Ted Walsh. And thank you for joining us if uh, it's your first time finding us. Good for you. And we hope you become a regular listener. We'll be right back after this.
0: Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Avoid problems you didn't know you had. Avoidprobate.ca. Avoid all that red tape. Avoid probate.ca. Avoid high fees. Avoid probate.ca. Avoid a long
3: wait. Avoid probate.ca.
1: Avoid expensive fines.
3: Avoid probate.ca. Avoid uncertainty. Avoid probate.ca. Don't wait. Avoid probate.ca.
0: This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler of AvoidProbate.ca.
2: Welcome back to listening to the Avoid Probate Show. Ted Walsh and Jason Laidler here. And uh, as always, we invite and welcome your calls and emails. And you can do so by reaching out info at avoidprobate.ca or toll free 1 844. and uh, it's beneficial not only for us, uh, but for the entire listening audience, because you could be hitting on the nerve for somebody out there listening, thinking, you know, I was thinking the same thing. So, do that. Help yourself, and help somebody else at the same time.
1: Over to you, Jason. Thanks, Ted. I should should know by now not to drink these fizzy drinks uh, while doing the show, but anyway, uh, moving on. Let's talk about some mailbag stuff. Uh, it's a pretty full mailbag this week, and we've been kind of neglecting it lately. So maybe we'll uh, make up for that now. Hopefully, I got to tell a story. A l- nice lady I met with—I don't know—six weeks ago. You know, the transfers take forever. That when it's a, when it's a bank transfer, I, I used to tell clients three weeks. I now say six weeks, and uh, sometimes it's longer than that if it's been rejected for some stupid reason. Uh, in the meantime, anyway. So, transfers are pending in this case, and uh, the lady called me, and I didn't know what she was talking about at first, but she was saying that uh, the bank only transferred half of the account, just, I won't say what kind of account it was, and I didn't even know this yet, because the banks, when they do the transfer, when they finally process the transfer, they actually cut a check and put a check in the mail to the receiving financial institution. You'd think at the, you know, in this day and age it'd be electronic. But it's not, so there's a limbo stage there because the check's in the mail, literally, and, you know, I don't know, two, three, four days, whatever, and then it has to get processed, and then I get uh, notified that the funds have arrived at the receiving uh, financial institution, which is an insurance company, because, as everyone knows, you know, that's what we're doing. We're moving money from the banks where you cannot put a beneficiary on the account over to the insurance company where you can put a beneficiary on the account, and that's the simple way of avoiding the probate nightmare So I was asking her to give me more information. What are you talking about? What do you mean they only transferred half? Why would they only transfer half? This is unbelievable. Unbelievable that uh, what I'm going to tell you next is the bank, according to this lady, and I got no reason to doubt what she says, some of the money in this account, the bank took it upon themselves to put it in a GIC and locked it in for a year. The lady, the client, had no idea. And so when she found out she was not happy, she went to the bank. She said, What are you guys doing? Why did you only transfer half of the money? You know, who, who said you, you could put this money in a GIC? And I demand that you cancel it. So they did. They canceled the GIC and they charged her the interest penalty for, <laughs> for canceling the GIC, canceling something that they instituted. Yes. Yeah, okay. So her point of, of calling me was to tell me, Oh, Jason, you can move the rest of the balance. Well, again, I didn't even know. I didn't get the whole transfer done because it hasn't landed on on our side yet at the insurance company, right? It, it's a process, and uh, I will get a notification as soon as it arrives. And maybe it's today, maybe it's tomorrow. Who knows? But uh, I was shocked. I just couldn't believe. I just couldn't believe that she was saying the bank took it upon themselves to put some of the money in a GIC and locked it in instead of transferring the whole value of the account. That's my story. So. Crazy stuff. At least they canceled it. I mean, I guess that's something. They canceled it and denied her and, and charged her the interest penalty. Okay. Another story that I've got for you. Uh, I had a meeting recently with what I would call a high net worth individual. Uh, um, high net worth is seven figures plus uh, multiple seven figures. And so, you know, it's just easy to assume that when somebody has been so successful and they've you know amassed or worked hard and accumulated all this money, They've got to, over the years, and this person's like an old, an elderly person. That they're not thirty five years. She's not thirty five years old. You'd just think that you'd have some idea what's going on with with this money. It's so there's so much there, and the, and the support and the uh, service that you you would be getting from the bank, you would think would be like top notch. That she has to be a, a a high. She's a high net worth client. That's what we call them high net worth clients. So there's all kinds of different accounts of course uh, registered and non-registered and remember it's the non-registered stuff that's the problem because you can't put a beneficiary on it and usually that's the bigger that's the bigger of the accounts because you know you're capped as how much you can put in your RSP, there's a limit uh, every year based on a formula and in terms of the TFSA, well it's not based on a formula it's based on the federal government's uh, whim as to how much they're going to let you put in your TFSA every year. Last couple of years, it's been 6000 bucks, but it's changed over time. Several times it's changed, and it could change again time. Certainly, uh, with the new government, it'll probably change. But anyway, it's capped, and it's regulated, and, and that's why those accounts are not normally the largest of the accounts. The rest of the money has to be non-registered. If you can't register it, it's got to be non-registered. And if it's non-registered at the bank, you can't put a beneficiary on it. So that's where the bulk of the money goes. Anyway, I've said this before, just because just because you can have a beneficiary on the registered account doesn't mean you have one, and I've seen it many, many times where it turns out uh, the only thing that has to get probated is the TFSA because there was no beneficiary on it, even though you could have had one. That's a big mistake. I mean, that's, that's asking for trouble, and I never blame the client when this happens because you, we can't expect... You know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, who aren't bankers, to know this stuff. They're they're focusing on what they know how to do. They're working hard and raising a family and whatever and and respect all that. So you can't expect them to be – not everyone's a financial uh, wizard. But when you go to the bank and you open up the TFSA, or the, or the person across the counter says, "Hey, guess what, uh, Mister. Walsh, I got a great idea. You should open up a TFSA today and save taxes." Okay, sure. What's it going to cost me? It's not going to cost you anything. Okay, yeah. All right, let's do it. How much can I put, can I put in? What, uh, whatever the number is. Okay, blah blah blah. That that person should take another ten seconds and say, and by the way, who would you like? Who would you like to name as a beneficiary on this account? Because by naming a beneficiary, it will avoid probate." Ten seconds, man. Like that's all it takes. And and it doesn't happen. It's just, I don't know, is it laziness? Is it negligence? I don't know what it is. But what I'm getting at is this high net worth individual had had registered plans. And neither of the registered plans had beneficiaries on them. I couldn't believe it. She's got this, like, you know, fancy uh, advisor at a fancy department at a bank because because of the value of the accounts. And Mr. Fancy Pants at the Bank didn't take the time to say oh by the way you know Sally you really should put beneficiaries on and these are not they weren't small numbers they were they were big numbers and and I told her I said that shame, shame on the bank you should be really really mad that the the you know they dropped the ball here on you with the, with regard to beneficiaries I know they can't do it on the registered stuff I get that and that's not the bank's fault but they certainly could have done it on the other account the other accounts which are registered so you know, the moral of the story here is don't just assume because it's a registered account that you've got beneficiaries on it. Double check. And I've I've seen this before and, I, and people say, well, what do I do? And I'll say, just walk into the bank just or, or just call your person at the bank, your advisor, quote unquote advisor, and just ask them the question. Can you please tell me who the beneficiary is on this account? Just ask them that question and see what they say. And if they can't answer the question, call me, <laughs> call us. If they can't answer that question, call us fast at the toll-free number that Ted's uh, handed out already a few times today. Okay, um, maybe I'll squeeze in. Do I have time for one more quick one? Yep. Yep. Okay, thank you. So, uh, mailbag, mailbag, mailbag. All right, what else have I got here? Lots to talk about. Oh, yeah, okay. So, I had a nice meeting with, a, I would say, a a very senior couple. They're in their 90s. Is that fair for me to say? That's senior, senior? Sure. I think that's a thing. Senior, seniors. Mm-hmm. I think it's becoming more of a thing too, right? We're living longer. I have a buddy, by the way, whose grandmother, uh might get this wrong, but I think he said she was 111. She was the eighth oldest person in Canada until recently. She just recently passed. And he said that right up until the end, she was living in her home by herself, gardening, doing all kinds, of, and she knew what was going on. She knew what day it was. She knew what time it was. 111. Can you imagine? Imagine being like turning like 95 and someone saying, Well, you got another like 10 years to go. <laughs> or no, I mean, more, 15. <laughs> yeah. 15, 16. Yeah. You, got, you got lots of time. Yeah. Yeah. Long term investing. Lots of time. 95 years old. 111. 111. Yep. Yeah. He, so when you're 55, you're, you've only lived half your life. Oh, well, that makes me feel better because I'm not 55 yet. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that. All I wanted to say about this last uh, quick uh, e- e- mailbag item is that uh, it was it was a situation where there's one child, and of course the child's not a child because their parents are in their 90s, one one offspring, I don't know, call it what you want, and she was concerned about dealing with the probate on mom and dad's stuff because there's a, there's a lot of money there. And she, like most people, said, Jason, I have no idea. Not a clue. Don't know where to begin. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I, I get it. And and why, why would I expect anything different, right? If you don't do it for a living, how would you know? So she asked for the meeting. She set the meeting up. Mom and dad have downsized. In other words, and we've talked about this before, they sold their real estate. They sold their house. And I think they sold some other property as well. And they've moved into uh, what we can call um, senior living community. Mm-hmm. Right, and in fact, I'll uh, no, I don't want to say which one it is, but uh, it's one that we've talked about before, and I've been there more than once, and that's where the meeting happened. And kudos to the all, because you know, mom and dad are still, even though they're in their nineties, they're sharp and they're on the ball, and they want to they want to set things up. And we talked about that and how how responsible and, and and admirable, I guess, is the right word. It is for them to be wanting to take care of this stuff while they're here. And not uh, let the the one child have to deal with it all. And so, yeah, it was a good meeting. And I love it when that happens. I love it when the family's together because we want, you know, the more ears the better to hear what about our solutions to avoid the probate nightmare. And that's what we're going to do. So it was, um, I mean, it was a good meeting. And even though they're in their 90s, I mean, it's never too late. We always say, call us before mom or dad passes away. We do get calls, unfortunately, from people who say, you know, mom passed three weeks ago. Can you help us avoid probate? Um, I want to be clear. Most of the time, the answer to that question is no. We can't help you avoid the probate, but we can help you deal with the probate. Right. But if we had our druthers, it's a word, right? Druthers? It is. I don't use it very often, but if we had our druthers, we would rather avoid it than deal with it. But in any case, anytime you've got any questions at all about probate stuff, we are the Avoid Probate People. This is the Avoid Probate Show here on AM seven forty Zoomer Radio. Thank you for listening. But before we uh, do our thank yous and sign off for another Sunday morning, Ted, let's uh, let me ask you about your podcast. What's going on with the? Well, right now uh, the, the the podcast we're
2: playing for you right now is uh, a guy by the name of and I mentioned this uh, last week, Rob Pizzola. We had to switch switch things around for the reason being is uh, we we moved in one week early. We moved in comedian. Ron James, because of Ron James. A couple of really interesting... Things. He's, a, he's a terrifically funny man. Uh, he's currently on tour. He wrote a book last uh, fall. Uh, he's been nominated for a Leacock uh, Humor Award. Oh, yeah. And on the 16th of this month, he's going to be appearing on stage at the iconic Avon Theater. Which is where? Stratford. Oh, yes, of course. Where all the Shakespearean plays are done. Stratford upon Avon. And he'll be doing... He says, "I'm not dressing up as a hunchback." <laughs> so he's a he's a very funny man. He was very funny on this podcast. He's he, just—I mean—he he may say some things that that will uh, offend people and get him, especially if you happen to be on the wrong side of his political judgments. But he's very funny. Can't be funnier than Ted Walsh. though. In- no, He's—I think he's probably I, one of the funniest people in this country. Are you planning on being at the show on the sixteenth? I can't, unfortunately, but I'd I'd love to. Hmm.
1: But unfortunately, I can't. Can you give me some uh, backstage passes? I can probably try. <laughs> okay, I've been. The How's that for a non-committal? I have seen. Commitment. I have seen shows there um, at 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 Stratford.
2: Yeah, Shakespearean production. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's what I meant. Uh, well, he's done, he's going up to do stand up.
1: Interesting. Well, yeah. Is, okay. Just him. Well, maybe I'll make a, a road trip on the sixteenth. Anyway, okay. Well, uh, I'll let you know. Yeah. If, it's if this stand-up. Saturday coming up, so. Okay, well, uh, I'll you know, get me those backstage passes uh, as soon as you can then. In the meantime, we got to call it a day and uh, for another week here on the Avoid Probate Show. Once again, thank you. Well, let's do the thank yous. I want to say thanks to Kelly for producing everything behind the glass and keep us on, keeping us on track as usual. Um, great job there. Kelly, thank you so much. Thanks to Ted Walsh and for his decades of radio excellence, and thank you, Zoomers, for your time today. Um, I hope you learned something, and I hope you're going to uh, tune in. Regularly, Sunday, Sunday mornings here on AM 740, 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock for the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Jason Laidler, here with Ted Walsh. And Ted, we'll do it again next week. We will. And don't forget to send in your questions. Either
2: phone them in or write them in. Send them in, email them in so that we can help you on the
1: air. And you can help other people at the same time. Absolutely. All right. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
0: You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.